<laughs> and I'm the one. You may be seated. Thanks, music team. Who's had a good day? All had a good day? Well, that's good. Who's going to have a good week? How do you know that? By faith. Oh, okay, good. So no matter what comes, we keep that attitude, hey? Amen. Um, just one other uh, quick announcement. Um, I'm sure most of you you know, you may, some of you may not have been here this morning. You would have been out the back. But um, as most of us know, in uh, times of uh, bushfires and floods and natural disasters, the Salvation Army do a great job of uh, looking after people and doing things in some way. And our, our local um, Salvation Army people, uh, they do it by... Um, uh, working in the kitchen at uh, um, oh, evacuation centres and they make meals for the fireys and whoever else is involved in uh, what's happening at the time. So they're down at Miriam Vale at the moment and they have asked if uh, there's anyone who could give them a hand. Uh, that is on hold at the moment because I heard this afternoon. But if you were able sometime, just let me know your name and if we are needed during the week, uh, I'll get in contact with you, so that would be good if we could do that. Amen. I read a scripture too, just like James, because apparently it's good to read them. And it was in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, I think it was, and uh, my message sort of developed out of it, but I'm not using any of it, so but that's okay. But I did read a scripture. So just wanted to put that out there so you, you know. I guess it's good to know that your pastors read the Bible. Luke chapter 5. I read this also. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. And it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Ganesh. I'll say lake of Galilee because it's the same thing and it's a lot easier to say. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. And caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. That's not a bad catch, is it? When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. I've entitled my message tonight, Peter the Larrikin. A 
couple of years ago, Sandy and I and some of the, well, all the family attended a, went to a funeral in Brisbane and we'd only known this uh, fellow a couple of years and uh, the night before the funeral, we were at uh, the family's place and there was the, the usual stories were coming up. One of his sisters was there and um, nieces and them that knew him quite well. So the stories were flowing about this guy and there was a statement made that I had to think about because one of them said he was a real larrikin. Even though his wife, who wasn't there, even though his wife thinks he was this real righteous fella, he was a larrikin. And it was all the, yeah, true, right, he was a larrikin, all right, yep, you're right there. And as I pondered on that thought, it sort of, the statement stuck me, you know, as I thought about it, sort of fascinating that both camps are either he's a righteous man or he's a larrikin. They couldn't put the two together. I could. The original meaning of a larrikin was a young hoodlum causing trouble and vandalising property. He probably started off like that. But this, this um, meaning has changed over the years to be a mischievous young person, an uncultivated, rowdy but good-hearted person, or a person who acts with apparent disregard for social or political conventions. I'm sure we all know at least one that fits that description. They're bits of, well, yeah, the larrikins. They don't really mean any harm, but they seem to get into it <laughs> without trying, and, but they have a big heart. And they were right, this man, he was a larrikin. But he was also a righteous man. See, whether we are righteous, righteous or not, depends on our relationship with Jesus, not our character. Because it's only through Jesus that we are righteous. Jesus took a larrikin fisherman from the shore of Galilee and moulded him into one of the great apostles of the New Testament. If we put them in order, we would probably have the Apostle Paul then the Apostle Peter. So who is this Peter? This larrikin from Galilee. Well, I'm sure most of us, I'm looking around here, most of us would know that he was a fisherman. Him and his brother, and we've read there, he was in partnership with the two other guys in their fishing uh, business, I guess you would have called it. So I know at this time of year we often talk about the shepherds and how the shepherds were the lowliest of the low and uh, you know they were unclean and they were... You know, they would have been rough and rowdy and they just wouldn't, weren't the sort of people you'd have over for tea. And I think probably the fishermen of the day would possibly might be one notch above on the, you know, the social status. They would be probably similar, a breed apart from everybody else. Peter would have been a, a man's man, tough and hard like his lifestyle. Maybe a bit wild like the sea that he fished on. Probably not the kind of person you'd see sitting around at a Pharisee's table, one of the religious leaders' dinner tables. But isn't it funny? 
Christ sort of got looked down upon by the religious leaders for sitting with people exactly like Peter. And yet Jesus said to him, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, Peter, and I'll change your life. What an encouragement it is to all who think I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough for Jesus to want me. Yet Jesus says, come, follow me. Because that's what, exactly what Peter thought when he realised that there was something about Jesus. Go away from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. He didn't, want anything. He didn't think Jesus would have anything to do with him. and he, he knew he was unclean and this man, he was a righteous man. He was a rabbi. He, why would he have anything to do with a man like Peter? Follow me, Peter, and I'll make you fishers of men. A changed man. Well, maybe one in one as a work in progress, more than a completely changed, as we all are. Peter had spiritual insight. In Matthew 16, verses 13 to 17. And when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. Jesus goes, Hallelujah. One of them's finally got it. And it's Peter. Peter, of all people, gets it. The penny has dropped. He's had a revelation from the Father in heaven that this man that he's hanging out with is the living Son of God. How incredible. And yet, a little while later, Jesus in Matthew 16, a bit further down, 21 to 23, he's telling the disciples about his death and his resurrection, what is to come in a short space of time. And what does Peter do? No way. You're not going to Jerusalem to be crucified? No way. What did Jesus say to him? Who knows it? I'm sure somebody does yell it out. Yeah, get away from me, Satan. Get me. He called him Satan. <laughs> there he is one minute. A great spiritual insight. Next minute he's so fleshly he's protecting Jesus. Well, he thinks he is. He's protecting Jesus, but he's not really. Despite this, he was intimate with Christ. He was one of his best mates. He was part of the inner circle. And can I just say, I've heard this at times. You know, people talk about, oh, there's the pastor and you know, the inner circle sit down the front. So you guys are you're in. You know, a leader has to have an inner circle. The ones that are you know, close to them. That's not being snobby or being, they just need that 
one for support, one to do whatever, but they need that. So don't pick on leaders of any sort who have an have a inner circle around them. If they just stay in that little inner circle and don't talk to anyone else, yeah, they've got a problem. You can bring it up then. Because in Matthew 17, 1 to 13 is the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Who does, we, who does he invite to come up to the Mount of Transfiguration? Peter, John and the other bloke. James, the brothers, the three of them. Peter's one of them. If he wasn't intimate with Christ, I don't think he would have been there. If he had been just one of the normal disciples or normal followers, he wouldn't have been there. But Peter was there at this amazing encounter with, with God and Moses and Elijah. And God speaks. And there's a great light and all, all this, and, and Jesus is transformed and brilliant white and all this sort of stuff. Peter is there. Peter is impetuous. He's impulsive. Yeah. Matthew 14, he tries walking on water. They're out in the boat. There's a bit of a storm and they see something walking on the water. They think it's a ghost. Peter's right, I'll fix this. If you're Jesus, tell me to come out and walk on the water. I think that's a bit silly. Because if it wasn't Jesus, it was some sort of spiritual thing, it could have just said, well, come on then. Could have lied, couldn't it? Jesus says, come. Oh, the penny dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Someone got it. As soon as Jesus said, come, what does he do? Peter's out of the boat. He's into the water and sinks. That's okay. I'm sure there's plenty of theological thoughts behind that one. But as soon as he sort of, he's got to do something. Again, the transfiguration. When it's all happening, he goes, let's build three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. We've got to do something. And he's in there and he's, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just got to do something. In Matthew 26, when Jesus is arrested, who flicks out the sword and cuts off an ear? Yeah. Who? Peter. Peter. I've got to protect Jesus. Whack. No, Peter. It's part of the plan. He still hasn't got it. Yeah. It was kind of one of those that spoke before thinking, engaging the mouth before the brain. Making bold statements like in Luke 22, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I'm with you all the way. Peter is a work in progress. Be encouraged that like Peter, we are all a work in progress. Peter was also fearful and disillusioned. When Jesus was arrested, Peter's whole plan of what was going on went by the way. Jesus wasn't meant to die. Jesus was meant to lead them in, uh, out, of the, out from under the Roman rule and all this type of stuff. 
So he, you know, he, now he's his his best friend. He's the the son of the living God. He's his Messiah. All these things that he's looking at and seeing in Jesus was going to a cross to be killed. How can this be? And then he denies Jesus three times. You know, we've all heard the story. You're a Galilean, you must be one of his friends. No, I'm not. You must know him. No, I don't. Never seen him before in my life. Three times. Jesus has told him it would happen, but he didn't believe it. I'll go with you anywhere, Jesus. He was lost and miserable. He's now let down one of his closest friends. Three years of intimate friendship and that was it. He did nothing. He denied he even knew him. The weight of regret and guilt must have been such a huge burden to carry for Peter. But there was exciting news. Three women went to the empty tomb, were at the empty tomb, and a young man told them that Jesus had risen. He said, go tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure Peter goes. Peter's already there. He's gone fishing. To add to his woes, they're out all night again, still not catching. That's a bit of a theme. I wonder how he made any money. Every time he went out, he never caught anything. He's been out all night. He didn't catch a thing. You know how he was feeling. I've done wrong, so I'm out of God's will. He doesn't love me anymore. I've let him down. I think I'll go and eat worms. Well, I might as well go and eat worms because the fish aren't eating them. (laughs) Mumble, mumble, groan, grizzle. I'm sure none of you have been there. Out of God's will or right smack in the middle of it? Peter was so miserable and feeling so sorry for himself, he didn't even recognise his best mate standing on the beach. Not only did he not recognise him, he was totally unaware of what was just around the corner for him. Restoration. John 21, Gospel of John 21. They're out fishing, they're not catching anything. Jesus was on the, st- on the shore. He yells out, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did that. And now they were able to draw it in because of the mul- they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Yeah. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, "So Peter, as I said, did not recognize Jesus standing on the shore. The other disciple did. It is the Lord. Impetuous Peter, off with the garments. No, he puts on his garment." puts it on rather, plunges into the sea and heads to the beach. Instead of sort of, everyone else goes in the boat, but not Peter. 
He's back in that water again. He must like swimming. They have breakfast together. Probably talk a bit of men talk, about fishing and other stuff. And then the restoration. Jesus pulls Peter aside. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. He said again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had, this, had said to him a third time, though he's getting upset, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all, these, all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. He was restored. Yeah. Feeding the sheep was an indication of what Peter would become, the head of the church. He would be a leader, look after the, after the church. But, good old Peter, as per usual, then Peter turning around saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on the breast, his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who was the... He was the one who said, Lord, who was the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus says, If I will, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, Peter, look at me, look at me. Peter, follow me. Don't worry about him. That's a word for all of us. We follow Jesus, don't worry about the others. Obey the instructions, Peter. Follow me and I can use you. And boy, how he used him. First sermon. I wish I had got this in my first sermon. 3,000, over 3,000 saved in his first sermon. I hope they had the counsellors ready. And all the people to take names. My goodness. In Acts 3, him and John are heading off to the temple for prayer. There's a lame man, been lame since birth. He asked them for, for money. Peter says, look at me, mate. I haven't got any silver or gold, but get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Healed instantly. Bang. Wow. This is Peter. In Acts 9, he raises a woman from the dead. In Acts 10, he's shown a vision and Peter realises that God shows no partiality when it comes to those receiving the word. He summoned to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, and Peter shares the gospel. This is the first account that the gospel is also meant for non-Jewish people. Who did God use? Peter. But he's still a work in progress. When he was in Galatia, he was hanging out with the Gentiles. He would eat with the Gentiles and eat with the, Jew the Jewish believers and it was all good. And then some people were sent by James to the place and he sort of stopped hanging out with the Gentiles. 
And Paul heard of this and rebuked him. So he's still normal. He makes mistakes. He's a work in progress. In Acts 12, the miraculous escape from jail. He's in jail. Herod has thrown him in jail. He's all tied up, bound up. And the next thing we know, the angel appears, that the shackles are off, and it's, come on, get out, grab your coat, grab your, grab your shoes, we're out of here. And he miraculously escapes from jail. And the funny part of that story is he goes to the house where they were praying for him to escape. And he knocks on the door. And a young lady answers it, or has a look, must have had a little you know, looky-through thing. It's Peter. Left him outside, went back into, the, into where they were all praying. They formed a committee to work out whether she was telling the truth or not. <laughs> and they toed and froed and he kept banging on the door until someone realised maybe we'd better go and answer the door and there was Peter. So when we get together on Tuesday nights, we expect God to answer. So don't be surprised if he does. Peter was sent to many places, teaching the word of God and encouraging the believers. What a transformation. From the Larrikin fisherman to one of the greatest apostles. John 1.42 says, And he brought him to Jesus. That is, Peter was brought to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are, the, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You, you shall be Cephas, or Peter, which means stone or rock. Jesus named him not for who he was, but for what, by God's grace, he would become. All Jesus asked Peter to do was follow him. That's all Jesus is asking you to do, follow him. Maybe tonight you're feeling like Peter did when he let him down. Thinking that there's, well, that's it, I'm done. Peter, he was brash and he probably spoke and acted from the heart before his head kicked into gear. A flawed man whose example of repentance and devotion serves as an example for Christians. John chapter 6, 66 to 69 says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, follow me. Peter's faith may have faltered, but it did not fail. Yeah. Jesus did not see the temporary lapse that was to come as a failure of faith was to come as a failure of faith because he knew that Peter would return to him. Luke 22, verses 31 and 32 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Peter missed that bit. 
I only picked it up the other day when I was preparing this sermon that Jesus told him, when you return to me, yes. you will strengthen my brethren. Jesus knew all along. Yes. In the Christian life, like Peter, we may falter, but we must never fail. If we have denied Jesus in some way, then we must return to him immediately. If you think you have blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my dear friend, are just not that powerful. I'll say that again. If you think you have blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You just aren't that powerful. How can you think that God can't bring restoration. This is the God that knew you before the foundations of the earth. He knew you in your mother's womb. This is the God that has knitted you together. This is the God who spoke and the world and the universe came into existence. How many has done that lately? If you think you have blown God's plan for your life, you're just not that powerful. Like Peter, we can be restored. Not only can we be restored, but maybe we can be restored to greatness like Peter was in our world. And we've just been singing the song, maybe the musicians team could come again please. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Do we just sing it or do we believe it? There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Be like Peter, be restored and follow him. Let's stand together this evening. Just as the musicians and the singers are getting just together, just have a think. As I said, maybe you're in that position tonight that you think I've blown it. God won't be able to do anything with me. Be assured, He certainly can. And it's up to each and every one of us to take that if we feel that way and go to Christ and be restored and follow him let's pray together hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah heavenly father we thank you for your most amazing love and grace and mercy to each and every one of us Father, we thank you for the life of Peter. And I think most of us can relate to many parts of his character. The character that you gave him. Sometimes brash, impetuous, 
Alarican fisherman from Galilee. One that even denied your son Jesus at a crucial time. And your plan, we know, for him was far greater than that. As you brought restoration and restored him to be a, an amazing apostle for your kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us here, I'm sure at times have perhaps not stood up when we should have or said something when we should have or... And I felt later that they're not worthy or that they've let you down. We've, we've just blown it. But I thank you, Lord, that you're far more bigger than that. And you only want the best of us. I thank you, Father, you bring restoration. I pray for anyone here tonight, Lord, that would maybe feeling like that at this time. Holy Spirit, just stir them, just draw them to yourself. That they will walk in that restoration. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thanks, team. You were the word at the beginning. One with God the Your hidden glory in creation Now revealed in you, O Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name This evening, we'll open up the altar or if you'd like to respond to something from the message We'd love to pray with you this evening. So feel free to come down as we continue to worship. We thank you, Father. Brilliant. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Who's that person tonight that you, you, as that message is being shared, you could think of, my goodness, there's so much potential. They could, they're like a, they're like a Peter that's like a reed, but now they just, and they haven't yet fulfilled it. If, if you're here tonight and you can just, you know someone and, you know, why don't we just pray right now? Let's just believe, just declare. Maybe they've been there and they've walked away. And uh, like Peter, they need to come break through, become that rock, hey? Maybe it's something in your own life that's just, you know, there, there's something that's been there and now you've kind of walked away, but you just know you need to break through. Come on, how about you just lift your hand tonight? And let's just agree in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's for a person, maybe it's for yourself. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, 
I certainly can think of a, a couple people right now that tonight. There's so much potential. But Father, in the name of Jesus, that name that is powerful, the name we're declaring and singing, and we ask for a breaking of the power of darkness over their life so they could see truth, that they would respond to truth. And whatever's been blocking or blinding them, Father, they'd come through in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we know that it takes conscious thought and decisions as well. But tonight, we pray that you remove any obstacles so, Father, there would be a, at least a, a flowing of your Holy Spirit that would so touch their hearts and draw them to yourself. Father, for pe maybe people tonight that just know there's just got to, there's something that needs to break. Father God, in the name of Jesus, let it be broken. Father, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a habit, whether it, what, or maybe something, there's a struggle. Um, maybe there's a fear tonight that just needs to be broken in Jesus' name, concerned about the future. I'm not quite sure in the name of Jesus. We break that in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a child that you want to see return. Father, we just pray, open the doors, break any power over their lives and return to you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask it and thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, how about we just sing that? Break every chain, Father God. Come on, see it, visualize it by faith. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every. Come on, let's just lift our faith. There is power. Name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, you believe it. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, one more time. To break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain. Let's just praise Him for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We praise you. We agree for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's so important that we understand that there's a couple things that work together in our lives. It's faith and decisions. And you know, tomorrow morning when you get up, you've got to have faith for it, but you've got to make decisions that'll take you forward in faith. Because you can have faith, or oh, God will do it, but you never walk in His Word or never walk in His truth, and you've got to continually do that. You've got to continually walk in His ways and watch what God can do, hey? 
Fantastic. Have a great night. Have a great week. And believe God. That would be great.